0: Sorry. <laughs> no fear. No political correctness. No wokeism. You're listening to Underground USA. Before we get into today's segment on the Captain's America Third Watch with Matt Bruce, I wanted to share with you one of my favorite speeches from the movie John Adams. If you haven't seen it, it is a must-watch over the Independence Day weekend. It's a great depiction of what the framers and the founders and the people of what is now the United States went through in order to to just embrace the privilege of independence. This is John Adams executing his speech in the Continental Congress just before the vote on independence, which took place on July 2nd, 1776, not July 4th. They needed two days to print the declaration in order to get it out into the public. That's when they announced it was July 4th.
1: President recognizes Mr. Adams of Massachusetts.
2: Objects of the most stupendous magnitude, measures which will affect the lives of millions, born and unborn, are now before us. we must expect a great expense of blood to obtain them. But we must always remember that a free constitution of civil government cannot be purchased at too dear a rate, as there is nothing on this side of Jerusalem of greater importance to mankind. My worthy colleague from Pennsylvania spoken with great ingenuity and eloquence. He has given you a grim prognostication of our national future. But where he foresees apocalypse, I see hope. I see a new nation ready to take its place in the world. Not an empire, but a republic and a republic of laws, not men. Gentlemen, we are in the very midst of revolution, the most complete, unexpected, and remarkable of any in the history of the world. How few of the human race have ever had an opportunity of choosing a system of government for themselves and their children. I am not without apprehensions, gentlemen. But the end we have in sight is more than worth all the means. I believe, sirs, that the hour has come My judgment approves this measure, and my whole heart is in it. All that I have, all that I am, and all that I hope in this life, I am now ready to stake upon it. While I live, let me have a country. A free country.
0: A moving speech and one that led to 12 colonies voting for independence and New York abstaining because of the threat the British posed to them at the time. Independence Day is much more than a date. That's why I don't say 4th of July. I say Independence Day. It's important for us to recall what these people did for us at that moment in time. The seriousness and the reservations they had going forward. They knew it wasn't going to be easy. They didn't even really understand if they could win this or not. They were going up against the most powerful military on the face of the planet. Yet they did, because freedom is worth that cost. Right now, this morning's segment on the Captain's America Third Watch with Matt Bruce.
3: Let's go up to the top line here. We've got Kyle Warren, the professor of politics with us. Hey, Kyle. Hello, Captain. Thanks for hanging around. My pleasure. All right, and now we have the man, the myth. The legend from UndergroundUSA.com, none other than Frank Silvato. Good morning, Frank. Mr. Captain. By the way, it's a balmy. Thank you, guys. It's a balmy 81 degrees outside right now, mostly clear skies. Going to be a scorcher today again.
4: Yeah, we're, we're, we're starting to cool off just a little bit. We had 100 last week. We're, right now it's about 72 degrees and fair skies. So yeah, uh, we, got our, we got the parkas on.
3: Yeah, you'll be better. You'll be better. By the way, our country was founded on Judeo-Christian values. If you don't believe me, I'm going to read the Declaration of Independence tomorrow, and you're going to hear the reference to either the word God or a creator three times in the course of the Declaration of Independence. And by the way, I'm going to, if you'll allow me to, I'm going to read a little something here. So you guys ready? Sure. You bet. The world has seen nothing like it. Thirteen upstart British colonies were taking a stand against the most powerful military on the face of the planet. Of course, I'm talking about the birth of the United States of America. Now, while we celebrate Independence Day, and that's what we should really call it, it is important to remember that the historical event is much more than just a date. We celebrate our American independence on July 4th, but the actual vote for independence occurred on July 2nd. It took two days to get copies of the document created and on their way to each of the thirteen colonies. I wonder who wrote that.
4: Yeah, it sounds awfully familiar.
3: I think it was Frank Silvallo, UndergroundUSA.com, and we're <laughs> gonna we're gonna read your article as well as the Declaration of Independence tomorrow in its entirety uh, on the show, so the people can understand what it's what we talk about when we say our country was founded on Judeo-Christian values. There's people that still don't get that.
4: Yeah, and uh, you mentioned the the mention of the Creator and God in the Declaration of Independence. It also talks about natural law and 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 the God of nature. Yep. You know, so there's uh, we had people, and everyone likes to say, well, they were deists. They were deists. No, they weren't. You got you have to do your homework. There were a few that were deists. There were a lot of people who were Christians. So you know. We can't just continue to go forward with what we think history was. We've actually got to take some time, and we have to explore it. If we did, they would People would understand that when they crafted the Declaration of Independence, and even going into the Constitution, our framers and founders were already talking about abolition. They were already talking about the, the the scourge of slavery. When Abigail Adams was talking to John Adams, she wondered if if the plague that hit with smallpox on, on the United States wasn't a penalty from God for the abomination of slavery. When you look at the original notes from Thomas Jefferson's drafts of, of the Declaration of Independence, there was a gigantic section in there that they had to carve out to get that unanimous vote on the declaration of independence with the one abstention from New York that had to do with abolition that had to do with, with outlawing slavery in the new country they wanted to create. But you don't hear that today. All you hear is we've got to topple down this statue and Washington was a slave owner and Jefferson was a slave owner and we, with these evil white people They were taking it to this global practice back in a time when it was rampant around the world, when Spain and and England were benefiting from the slave trade by capturing people and doing business with tribes of Africa who were selling their own people to the slave traders. Mm-hmm. We found that to be an abomination. We wanted to eradicate it, but history isn't taught, so how
0: would
3: we know? All right, hold that thought, folks. You're going to take a break. We're going to come right back with Frank Salvado and Kyle Warren. We're going to talk some more. Got to get into some of the news of the night because I just got a flash out of Israel, an update on what's going on there. Be right back. You're in the right spot for tomorrow's
0: news tonight and breaking news as it happens
3: with retired New
0: York fire rescue captain and World Trade Center attack survivor, Matt Bruce, right here on the Captain's America Third Watch.
5: Handcrafted, exotic blend teas at the lowest shipping cost anywhere. Hi, I'm CJ, owner of the Emerald Coast Tea Company. We ship our premium gourmet blends with Sindel, offering you the lowest shipping prices anywhere, while also being carbon neutral. Excellent tea at the right price. Check us out at www.emeraldcoasttecompany.com. Honey, this ain't your mom's tea.
0: News, insight, passion. AM 9:30. The answer.
3: Okay. Back to Kyle Warren. Hey, Kyle. Hello, Captain. And Frank Silvato, UndergroundUSA.com. Go over there, check out his website, see all the great articles that he writes. Correct, sir? Yeah, I, I try anyway. And catch the podcast over there, too, I might add. Now, we've had uh, an update on something that took place late last night about the time we were coming on the air uh, at least three Palestinians were killed initially; thirteen others injured. We're told that those injuries and the deaths are much higher than that right now, but we're not given a number by the Times of Israel. However, Israel did launch another major operation against terrorists in the West Bank city of uh, Jenin, or Jenin rather, on Sunday night. Now, the attack, which included airstrikes, and a large number of ground forces entering the city from several different locations centered on Janine's refugee camp. Now, you and I were talking off air, Frank, that this has been a hotbed for terrorists for years, and about every four or five years, they have to go in there and clean it out.
4: Yeah, this is this is something that is repetitive. You know, so if, if you're the kind of person that uh, gets surprised by something that happens once every four or five years, you're surprised. But anybody who's paying attention to what's happening in the Middle East understands that there's a cycle. Janine is a, is a hotbed for Hamas and Hezbollah. Al-Aqsa Martyrs Brigade is another one that, that hangs out in there. They train, they, they amass weapons, and they launch from this area. And when I say they amass weapons and launch, I'm talking about people who have short-range missiles in their homes in order to launch mm-hmm. so they will attack israel proper from here they'll they'll start small then they'll, they'll increase they'll get larger until they start hitting metropolitan areas and then israel says that's enough and goes in to clean it out they have israeli intelligence there they know who these people are they know which groups they're they're connected to and when Israel goes in, all of a sudden the media goes crazy. The Israelis are beating up on the poor Palestinians who just want a homeland, and the U.N. comes in with the blue helmets, and they say, Israel, we must condemn you. You must stop killing these innocent people. Well, they're not so innocent. And the fact that the media and the U.N. keep running interference for groups like Hezbollah, Hamas, and Al-Aqsa Martyrs Brigades, and then now you've got an Iranian contingent that is uh, that is arming and helping and training these people they're the ones that start the aggression each and every time and israel gets blamed for it because the mainstream media toes the u.n line that the poor palestinians you could only sing that song so many times
1: mm-hmm.
4: and and if you 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 have to suspend reality to to try to keep away from wanting to understand the truth about this situation. Israel's not the aggressor here. As a matter of fact, every time they go in to do airstrikes anywhere, they leaflet bomb the people saying, hey, we're going to do it tomorrow at 2 o'clock a.m., so if you're innocent, get out of the area. But that's never reported. Never so the propaganda that comes out of the mainstream news media, especially ones with with uh, divisions over in the Middle East about the heavy hand of Israel's is coming down on the Palestinians again, the poor Palestinians. I don't say the poor Palestinians. You don't want to have retaliatory bombings and military action against you. Stop shooting into Israel. Mm. Period. Dot.
3: Now, we had an episode in uh, northeastern Washington, D.C. yesterday where mini bombs and a Molotov cocktail exploded outside a Nike store, a True East ATM, and a Safeway all within minutes of each other. And a manhunt's currently underway. They do have a picture of someone from the back anyway with a hoodie on. Uh, couldn't tell much about what was in the picture. Maybe they will be able to, but they're, they're trying to locate this individual. Some are describing it as a terrorist attack. And some are not describing it at all.
4: Is it an act of terror? Yes, it caused terror in, in the metropolitan area. So, yes, I guess it's an act of terrorism. But that's not the definition that we use for terrorism today in the United States, especially after 9-11. When you say it's an act of terrorism, you're talking about an organized group that's targeted the United States, trying to send a political message, uh, et cetera, et cetera this sounds like somebody more along the lines of the Unabomber, but with boots on the ground because i just don't see a organized terror organization looking at uh, a nike store to be a target doesn't make any sense no. so i can t- i can tell you what the mainstream media is going to say on wednesday when people get back in front of their televisions they're going to say it's probably white supremacist Mm -hmm. It's probably a white supremacist terrorist, so Mm -hmm. it's a domestic terrorist, it's a white supremacist, Mm -hmm. until we find out otherwise, and then we'll forget about the story.
3: Mm -hmm. Now, I'm going to bring Kyle into the picture here. Kyle, we talked earlier about the Baltimore block party shooting. Now, Frank used to live in Baltimore, and he's got an interesting take on this, so go ahead and mention what it is we were talking about, Kyle.
1: Well, that's right. Well, of course, we know that there were um, uh, many people that were uh, killed, two people at least, we understand, 28 that we know of, were wounded uh, over the weekend uh, in Baltimore at a shooting that took place just after 12.30 a.m. at a block party.
4: Yeah, where everybody's going, breaking news, breaking news, this is just another day in paradise. This is a, Baltimore has been a very rough city for a very long time. I, I lived back there starting in 2010 a while this suburb outside of it and there were just certain parts of that city you didn't go into because the gang activity and the turf wars were too intense but you you've almost got to be living under a rock not to understand that our major metropolitan areas in the united states are war zones chicago new york philadelphia baltimore yeah, Los Angeles, Minneapolis, you name it, you go down each and every major metropolitan city in the United States, and you've got gang wars going on for turf. This is facilitated by a border policy that is so ridiculous, you might as well be letting letting these these cartel members in and giving them a free clip when they cross the border. You know, so what this what this was in Baltimore was a turf war. It, it may have started as a block party, but there were there were too many people that were invited that weren't wearing the right colors, and it went to shooting because urban culture only knows how to do conflict resolution through violence. It's not the inanimate object like the gun. Rocks don't don't throw themselves and guns don't shoot themselves, so it's got to be about the mentality. All right,
3: hold that thought. Can you stick around another segment, Frank? You bet. Okay, good. All right, Kyle, you hang on. Folks, you're going to come back with Frank. And the three things we're going to talk about is we're going to talk about France briefly. Uh, Then we're going to talk about the $40 million possible that the Bidens could have gotten through other sources. And then we'll finish up with the 4th of July and what Frank wrote about. I'll be right back. Don't go anywhere.
2: American Airlines, rated the worst, losing the most bags, shrinking legroom during COVID. American requires passengers to show ID to fly, but attacks Texas's popular voter ID law. Why is CEO Doug Parker trying to appease the radical left? To distract from billions in taxpayer bailouts, from his $10 million payday, from Americans' record layoffs? Doug Parker, American Airlines, serve your customers, not woke politicians.
1: Who helped cause soaring gas prices? BlackRock. Who contributed to outrageous housing prices? BlackRock. BlackRock and Larry Fink spent years harassing oil and gas companies, making them divest from fossil fuels. Now you feel the pain. And BlackRock-owned companies are snatching up houses, crippling families. Now BlackRock's former ESG czar, Brian Deese, is Biden's economic advisor. Crushing America from within. That's what BlackRock is really about.
0: News, insight, passion. AM 930, The Answer.
3: Okay, back first of all to Kyle Warren. Hey, Kyle. Hello. And then Frank Silvato, UndergroundUSA.com. Hey, Frank. Mr. Captain. France is literally on fire, and riots erupted for another night across France over a police-involved shooting of a 17-year-old last week leading to some 1,300 arrests as top police unions issued a warning that their country is at war. Now, you told me something um, during the break about the fact that many of these young people who are teenagers, who are rioting, are not even from France.
4: Yeah, they're they're from the refugee class over there that has pretty much taken over the city of Paris. This is one thing that you, we've got to start listening to and and pushing back against. The media is not telling you who the perpetrators of violence are in any story. It's 18 people, 25 people, 200 people were arrested, and they get to, well, why were they rioting? Why were they doing this? Was it gang-related? Okay. Were they male, female? Were they black, white, Middle Eastern? Tell me about these people who have done these crimes, Describe them to me. Do some journalism instead of doing activism for a bit, and tell me who they are. When you go down the streets of Paris, especially in places like the Latin Quarter in Paris, it's very hard to find somebody who, who is, who is French, a French native. These are all refugees from the Middle East that the French government, the benevolent French government, says, we must absorb these, these refugees from the Middle East. Uh, we we have to do this, and now they've taken over the cities. The left wants to argue this, but you you've got to be a moron to want to argue it that there are no go zones in Paris, mm-hmm. in London, in in Berlin, in the, all over Greece where you just don't go because they can't guarantee your safety anymore. so, Whatever the catalyst is, it always starts right about the end of June. It goes through the summer months, and it's like the season for for upheaval in the in the major metropolitan cities of Europe. And is always at the hand of the refugee demographic over there. Why they why they allowed this to happen to their countries is ridiculous. And how many more refugees does Europe have to take? Why don't these refugees? stay in their countries and fight to clean their own countries up. If they've got to run away from from living in their own countries because it's that bad, maybe it's time they start kicking out the people who've made it bad. Fight for your country. Mm -hmm. Fight for your culture. Are you always going to run away? Don't run away. Make a stand. Or is it something else? And I'll let people dig into that comment on their own. Because, quite honestly, it is something else. Mm-hmm. And, and the, I'll give you a hint. Ottoman Empire.
3: By the way, good morning to George, godfather. And he's thanking us for uh, talking about the fact, that I did a little while ago, Patriot Month is, uh, we're, we're making a, our own month. July 4th is now Patriot Month because of July 4th.
4: Good. Yep. It's about time we actually celebrated the uh, something that has to do with Americanism instead of all of the different demographics that the left wants to divide us by.
3: Yep. Now, speaking of the left, Kyle, uh, you and I were talking about some information that came out about the Bidens again, which just blew my mind away uh, over the weekend. Uh, But tell us about uh, the Biden family and what we found out.
1: Well, that's right, Captain. Good morning, Frank. Uh, um, We were taking a look at uh, what uh, James Comer was talking about, these policy decisions that they're tracking back, uh, evidently, to compensation, shall we say, uh, of the Biden family or Joe Biden himself. They find that four of these policy decisions were made while Joe Biden was actually president early on. And so his conclusion, of course, is that the president has been compromised. He's also talking about about the Biden family receiving some excess of about forty million dollars from foreign nationals, what do you think is going on with all of this? And is this going to is this going to hit a critical mass at some point? Well,
4: who's going to who's going to prosecute it, Merrick Garland? You know, he's the one who's going to have to name a special prosecutor if, in fact, one has ever seated to look into this, which I sincerely doubt. This is a corrupt administration. We knew this guy was a grifter before he got into office, but yeah. everybody fell for orange man bad. Yeah. You know, the media was all against Donald Trump, so we got a con man as a, as a president of the United States. And somebody who's lined his pockets and everyone wants to talk about wealth, it's, oh, it's looking like it's forty billion million. Put a zero behind that, maybe. You know, it's going to get a lot worse when when things get uncovered. This is one of the reasons why I was shocked he went after Donald Trump after Trump was out of office. Because the precedent has been set now that you could go after ex-presidents. So when this guy gets out, whoever's the ex-president's got to weigh very seriously whether or not you go full bore after this guy and put him in frickin' jail for selling influence. This makes, this makes Watergate look like nothing. But until uh, uh, his term is over nothing and i guarantee you this nothing is going to come of it because you've got a doj that will not do anything about it Mm -hmm. so this guy got away with it and if you have a republican president who comes in next and he says we've got to heal this country so we're just going to move on then the bidens and all of the people who were sycophants who got rich off of this got away with it
3: Mm -hmm. now frank I'm going to read something here from the Congress in July 4th, 1776. I want to start out with the unanimous declaration of the 13 United States of America. When in the course of human events, it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another and to assume among the powers of the earth, the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitle them. A decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to the separation. There's your reference to the laws of nature. There's your reference to nature's God. And there's one more reference in there after that about our creator.
4: Yeah, and so we were founded on something that, was, that the framers believed sincerely in, and that was natural law rights. And that means that we live, you know, we talk about the First Amendment now a lot these days because it's under attack. And we, we say, well, but that was just towards the government. You know, oh, we're a private entity. We don't have to worry about the First Amendment, so you can't sue us if we're censoring you. We're supposed to live in a constant state of the rights that are inalienable to us. And those are enumerated in the Bill of Rights. Free speech is supposed to be a constant state. We broke away from from Britain because they were quelling free speech. They were quelling the free practice of religion. They were doing searches without warrants. They were quartering people, in uh, soldiers in people's houses. We broke away from them because our framers said we have a natural law right to those freedoms that should exist 100% of the time the Bill of Rights was written to protect us from the government, but companies, business owners, we're all supposed to be living in a constant state of adhering to those rights for all, and that's what makes the censorship today so so incredibly egregious against the United States and the concept and the Judeo-Christian values we were founded upon. It's goes, it's antithetical to those natural law rights. So when we talk, you know, we have these talks about free speech and the encroachment of free speech and people say, well, but that's hate speech you know, we're going to pass a law that says you can't. In Michigan, they want to pass a law now that says that if you make someone feel bad, it's actionable.
3: $10,000 fine.
4: Yeah, we can't have any of this. Free speech must reign in a free country.
3: Okay, my friend, we'll talk to you on Friday, and I'm sure we'll be talking about some of the same stuff here. You have a great day, and happy 4th.
4: Are happy independent states? Stay low.
3: Yes, sir. Okay. Frank Sovallo, Kyle, you hang on, folks. You're coming back
0: with Patrick Hyland. If you like the podcast, please subscribe, leave a comment and a rating if your platform lets you, and subscribe to our Substack over at undergroundusa.com. Independent journalism, no BS, straight to your inbox, circumventing the censors who would like to keep the truth from you, or at least manipulate how you see the truth. Very important going towards the election. My name is Frank Salvato. You're listening to Underground USA. We'll be right back. Happy Independence Day. Oh,
5: beautiful for spacious skies, for amber waves of grain, for purple mountains man. For rooted plain America, America, God shed his grace on thee and ground thy good with brotherhood from sea to shine and All ratings to rise. Who more than self, their country love, and mercy more than life? America, America, may God thy gold refine, and may all. Success, be noble, and every gain divine. This podcast is a production of the Compass Point Group.